Welcome back to the LeaderLink Podcast. This is Charles. And I'm Josh. And we are continuing on in our series of the leadership pipeline, leadership development. And we talked about the five different areas of character, emotional intelligence, skill, knowledge, and the physical aspect. And today we're going to focus on character and EQ. Yeah, so I think these are the two kind of more abstract of the five buckets of leadership development. Uh, yeah, we, I agree. Yeah. Um, and I think they're the five most, or they're the two of the most consistent because, I mean, when you start thinking about ca- the character of a leader and the emotions of a leader, they really don't change as you progress up the, up the leadership pipeline. I mean, you want the same character and emotional intelligence in a leader of self that you do in a leader of others, a leader of leaders, leader of departments, leader right. organizations. So, but but in saying that, it's still character and emotional intelligence require just as much of a lifetime of of learning and development as do the skills necessary, the knowledge necessary, the uh, of, of the other things. Well, uh, one of the one of my favorite books is by uh, Stephen Covey and uh, Stephen M R Covey, and it's the Speed of Trust. So he actually refers to you know we we talked about these five different areas, but he. He breaks them down into character and competence, sure. and the the he calls them the, the the core of credibility, and really, character is at the base of this. and And he's saying that uh, there's there's four cores, and that goes integrity, intent, capability, and results. and And at and at the bottom of that, where character is, is where the integrity is. And so I I like that model because. Yes, we can teach skills, we can teach knowledge, uh, and, and all those things. But if somebody doesn't have the right character for these positions of leadership, then I don't know that we're going to be able to do a whole lot to fix that. Sure. I, I love the way he phrased that, the core of credibility. I think that's a really great way to say it. Because, and again, based on the situation you're in, I can sympathize in so many ways. But if you see the guy who is the most skilled, knowledgeable person you've ever encountered, but they're undisciplined, they're sloppy, they're aggressive, they are, you know, belligerent, and you hire them. Yes, you might have the smartest, most capable person in the world on your team, but you're never probably going to accomplish what you want to accomplish because that person's credibility is already shattered. Um, And really, these are the hardest things to develop in a person who has the opposite characteristics. Right. And, and I, you know, I think character can grow. Sure. It it can develop, you know, that kind of goes back to the one-on-one mentoring and uh, observation modeling yeah. those kinds of things and really accountability right. uh, can can help develop those things but but yeah i think there has to be a foundational mm-hmm. character for this to succeed yeah yeah i mean we think about the military right uh, i don't know about the police academy how how deeply they do this but they tear you completely down to rebuild you you know um they rip out that old character and they put in a new character of discipline of obedience of uh, you know, drive. And that's really hard to do in a work environment. Like, you, you know, you can't do that to the new hire at the church right. or the new yeah. hire at the business. Whatever. It's called a hostile work environment. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So, so yeah, the character is developable. That's not a word, but let's go with it. It's a, you can develop character, right? Um, but it is, it is probably the most, well, again, we already said it's most abstract. It's the most kind of intangible. Um, and honestly, you know, I think that the greatest challenge <clears throat> in developing, uh, character and emotions closely connected to this is how do you create, it's harder to create experiences or opportunities to, to develop character, right? Um, in my opinion, you can create an opportunity to test somebody's skills, their knowledge, uh, even their emotional intelligence, because you can throw them in a room with people and have them discern what's going on. But but developing a character a, a character competency is much more difficult. No, that's good stuff, and, and I think that one of the um, one of the factors there, especially when we're talking about a a non military or, or paramilitary environment, is that the person who is being developed really has to want to develop their character. Yeah. It, it, that's an internal thing. Right. And, and no amount of money or prestige or anything like that is going to be adequate for, for somebody to develop their character. Right. Uh, so it really has to be an internal motivation to do so. Yeah, but I think you know it's, it is possible no to, to, yeah. to develop that. I, I don't disagree because my character has developed over time, right? Yeah. Um, I think simple things, just like patience levels. I, I think it's as you are as you are in the workforce, as you are in business, and especially as you get into leadership. Um, you know, for people to grow in respect for you, you have to develop those character things like patience, like honest conversations. Um, like the ability to, you know, we talked about this earlier, the the ability to be amicable with somebody, to be friendly, to even enjoy their presence, but also to be able to have a hard conversation. That ain't a hard skill. That's a character issue. Yeah. Right? Uh, because if you are, uh, a, you know, just to put it out there, and again, I've been this before, and I'm, I'm still have this. This is not something that you're perfect at. But if you take the coward's way out, because you're friendly with somebody and you can't have the hard conversation, you have failed in that moment as a leader, right? And that's a character issue because you decided that your your whatever this relationship with this person, which is not going to be broken probably, but you just didn't want to. Ha- you didn't have the confidence to to go forward and say, "Hey, we have to have this difficult conversation." And so it's it's that's a developable development issue that you can. I think engage with and work through. I mean, every conversation between a leader and their employee has the chance to trigger sure, an sure. emotional response. Yeah. And, and really if it's anything, but Hey, how's it going? You know, did you catch that game last weekend right. or something? If, if it had any, anything that has to do with performance or improvement or, or development, it can trigger that emotional response. And, and I think this is really where the character piece ties into the emotional intelligence yeah. because courage to have the conversation knowing that you are going to experience an emotion as the leader and knowing that your employee is going to experience mm-hmm. an emotion and they're probably not going to be the most positive, happy emotions. Right. You know, it may, it may deal with fear or anxiety, um, any any kind of uh, fear of loss, sadness, and any kind of 
I don't want to use the word negative emotions, but any sort of possibly destructive sure. emotion. And as leaders, I think you we're talking about the, the coward's way out. I yeah. think a lot of times leaders will experience those emotions. And instead of responding with courage, they respond with anger or hmm. they, or they cut the, the conversation off quickly because they're uncomfortable right. experiencing what they're experiencing. Right. And it's such a critical moment. Those conversations, yeah. those, you know, another book, crucial conversation, that, sure. that crucial conversation, the way you handle that conversation will have an impact on that employees, the way they, the way they approach you in the future. Right. And every time you have another conversation with them, they will remember how they felt during right. that. Yeah, that's really good. And I think, you know, that that's a good dovetail into, you know, characters. What do you need to be yeah. in order to lead at the level you're leading at? And again, I think some of the things that we talked about, integrity, honesty, those are character things. Yeah. Uh, but this this is a good good move into the emotional side of things the the emotional and it's both emotion and emotional intelligence. But I think the question at this level of development is what do you need to be able to feel at this leadership level, right? Uh, so it's it's kind of funny. I, somebody told me the other day that um, that I was perceived as not being empathetic. Yeah, which I I kind of laughed at uh, in, internally because. Yeah. Because I see myself as very empathetic. I mean, it's what I. It's one of the things I teach sure. is how to be more <laughs> empathetic. Um, but you know, it, it's it's a it's potentially a blind spot. I think it's a blind spot for everyone. Uh, we can always be more empathetic. Uh, but I am known as not reacting emotionally. Correct. Your expressions do not communicate what you actually feel. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I'm plagued by that. Right. <laughs> but I. I <laughs> I recognize that it exists. Mr. Grumpy Gills. Well, that, oh my gosh. <laughs> but, but I think, I and, and I don't want to blame law enforcement. I'm not saying I'm a victim in any way. But I, I genuinely believe that because of my role as a police sergeant and having to lead through some pretty nasty critical yeah. incidents, yeah. I, I kind of force myself to take on this persona of, Okay, something bad is going on. I'm not comfortable, but I have to. I have to show you that I'm. Project in, yourself as as in control and confident. Right. And the best way to do that is to be neutral. Right. Yes. If you're overly happy, you're laughy. That's that's too out of sync and right. too incongruent with the situation. But if you're too sad, that doesn't present the air of a leader. Right. right. So you've found that neutral, and yeah. And, and quite honestly, I would like to. I would like to go away from that a little sure. bit. I would like to be, uh, be able to express. Yeah. Because a lot of times people will approach me and, or they will, they will say something to me, maybe expecting some sort of reaction, right. but I don't do it. Yeah. And it's not that I don't feel it. And it's not that I don't feel their pain. Right. Um, uh, I just, I try to make it safe for yeah. people to have, to be able to come to me with something that is hurtful sure. or whatever. Yeah. And I am, I'm not the person that's going to overreact to that. I'm right. going to be that safe space for them. I'll give you an example. I was, I was recently at a conference um, and I, I had been uh, at another conference and had met somebody and 
Um, I learned that something terrible had happened since I saw them last. Hmm. And I'm not going to go into detail sure, on it sure. on the show, just in case they listen to this. Right. Something absolutely terrible happened right after that last conference, and they were still not healing. And this person started to cry. Mm. And I knew immediately something terrible had happened. Right. And so instead of reacting like, oh my gosh, or I'm, you know, I'm going to freak out about it. I was the safe space for that person. And we ended up hugging for, I don't even know how long, but I was just that safe space. Yeah. No, that's good. And I think, you know, that's, you don't have to, empathizing with someone means being able to consult, like being able to step into their shoes. Right. Right. Or is that sympathizing? No, it's empathizing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we can't always empathize, right? But we can always sympathize. We can always feel what people are feeling. And I think in that situation, that's what you did. You you felt the emotion. You felt the pain. You felt the hurt. But you don't have to enter into that hurt, right, to be able to feel it. Well, um, I think em- empathy is is entering into that hurt. Yeah. Where you're, you're actually trying to experience what they what, – what, what emotion they're going through – Empathy is often kind of colloquially referred to as walking in another person's sure. shoes, trying to experience or see the the things that they see. Some people are very good at empathy, yeah. And and I like to I like to say that one of the easy places to start is to try and experience joy when other people experience joy. Right. So there are people out there who, when something good happens to somebody else, they're actually upset about it. Right, they're jealous, or they they want to know why does not did that not happen to me? Right. And in order to develop more empathy, one of the things I will try and tell if you see somebody else experiencing joy, they got a promotion, they had a baby, or whatever, try and genuinely experience that joy. Right. The danger for empathy is if you are overly empathetic right. and somebody is experiencing an emotion such as let's just say sadness. Right. You can easily become caught up in that. Right. Um, so uh, the, the idea of empathy is to be able to experience it or at least have an understanding of that emotion yeah. without letting it over consume you. Right. I think the first thing that you have to begin developing someone in is, is their ability to know their own emotions, Right. Self-awareness, I think, is the absolute bare minimum for for somebody to be emotionally intelligent and healthy. Yeah. Or healthy and intelligent, because you've got to be one before you can be the other, right? Um, yeah, you've got to be able to... It, this is crucial conversation. So you've got to be able to recognize your emotion. You've got to be able to almost harness it and change it in, in, in any given moment, almost. you got to move from the... What is the amygdala? Amygdala, amygdala yeah. The emotional response center. And launch it into your prefrontal cortex where you can actually, you know, rationally think through it. Um, And then again, I'm not a brain scientist, but you've got to do it in a way that is, as we said, empathetic, right? If a person comes to you sad, you can't just rationalize that. You can't you can't capture that sadness and go, oh, okay, but why are you whining? Because this is, you know, you're not suffering like this other person. And that's, yeah. I think that's a tendency that we have, especially in the church, is, you know, you think you have a bad, go go check out our brothers and sisters and, you know, oh my gosh. who are suffering. And that's that's the it's worst possible the worst thing to way. Say. Yeah. So <clears throat> one of one of the things that I want to I want to highlight there is that emotions in the workplace have not been 
seen as something that is okay or even celebrated, the opposite of celebrated, I think there has been a un, unwritten rule in business that emotions don't belong in business. You leave your personal work, personal life at home. When we're at work, it's business. But the fact is that everyone experiences emotions. I mean, th- think about the last time you had a an interaction with your boss that wasn't exactly what you wanted it to be. Did you feel angry? Were you afraid? Were you anxious? Were you, you know, to, to, to tell somebody to leave your emotions at home is, is absolutely absurd. Right. It, it, you're you're going to have emotions in the workplace. So what I want to, what I want to highlight there is it is the leader's responsibility to validate that their employee is having an emotional experience. Mm. It is okay. You're experiencing an emotion. That's okay. Emotions are always okay. Behaviors maybe are not always okay, but the emotion is right. And so, as you're developing future leaders, it is critical that you help employees understand that their emotions are okay. What they need to do is develop healthy ways to experience that emotion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that leads to, I think, the second piece. So, self awareness is the first piece. So, you know, knowing and managing your own emotions, but then knowing and managing your own emotions is the first kind of piece of developing a leader's emotional health and intelligence. But, but as you just said, I think recognizing emotion in others, empathizing with them, uh, knowing how they feel and, and being able to recognize that. I think that's the one thing that I am the most disappointed in with some leaders that I've worked with is that they can't see other people or even my emotions. Now, again, Emotions are invisible, right? Unless you express them. But I think sometimes I express them pretty clearly non-verbally and nobody picks up on them. Or they do pick up on them, but they just don't care, right? They don't care enough to engage. And sometimes that's all a a follower wants, right? Is for their leader to go, hey, what's going on? Um, Now, is that fair to the leader? Probably not. But it's part of being a leader. You've got to pick up on those things. You've got to learn what's going on with your people. And if you don't know them well enough to do that, then you have not done your job of, of getting to know your employee. I mean, I feel like this could be an entire series of a podcast, uh, just because it's so, it's so core to the work that, that I do. Um, but you, you, the point you made just now about them not caring that is a mistake. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, and that's my opinion. I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's hundred percent right or wrong leadership. Sure. That's my opinion. I think it's supported in the literature, but if somebody comes to me and I'm their leader and they're distraught or they're frustrated yeah. or they're angry or whatever the emotion is, they may or may not realize it because as a society, we do not do a good job at teaching people about emotions and and giving emotional literacy. But if I see that in somebody and you're right, a lot of times it's not going to be community. Sometimes it will be communicated, but a lot of times it's going to be body language. We also don't do a good job of teaching body language. Right. right? But if I do identify that and I don't address it, that person, that follower, the employee is still going to experience that experience that emotion. And they're, 
whether they know it or not, they're going to want to know why is this not being addressed. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's always a good idea to point out exactly what emotion you're you're seeing. But it's a good starter to say, all right, I see something. What's going sure. on? Yeah. Tell, tell me, what are you thinking? Yeah. Uh, what am I missing something? Is there something you want to discuss? You know, prompt them to start talking, because even if we're not putting the exact emotion on the table, mm-hmm. at least we're saying, I see that whatever's not resting well with you. Yes. I care. And let's yeah, let's talk about it so we can move forward. Yeah. And, and I think as a leader your task is to ask the question, right? Yeah. You don't necessarily have to press into it because there are certain people who just don't, that it could be something at home that they think has nothing to do with work. Yeah. And and they don't want to talk about it. And that's fair, honestly, right? That's, that's their prerogative. Um, but it could be something that you did or said that needs to get laid out on the table. Um, and I think that's, it's up to you to go, Hey, what's going on? You know, something is out of sync with you. And I don't know how you phrase it. You know, I, I would say, you know, there's just, you, you're not, you're not your normal self, right? Um, <clears throat> what's going on. And if they want to tell you, great. If not, then you kind of just keep on with that. You impress into it, right? Um, you don't have to continually hit, you know, something is wrong with you. Tell me what it is, but you may have closer contact with that person for the next few days just to see if there's any way that you can break through that and, and see if it's something that happens that you can help um, the, or that you can just be a vent for people, right? Um, so I, I, I think that a leader really, and again, it's it's a training thing, and it's a it's a taking time to, to be with your people enough to sense when something's off. But I think that's such a critical thing that so many leaders fail in doing. Well, and you know, this, this idea of how do you, how do you get it out of them? Um, the, the, the fact is that there's going to be, there's going to be some times where you do or say something and you have no idea that it has a negative impact on somebody. Right. Um, and, and we, we've talked about it in previous episodes where the last thing we want to do is make any leader constantly doubt themselves uh, you know, the leader needs to be able to have confidence in, in what they're doing. However, at the same time, the leader needs to have empathy and realize that they're fallible and that it is possible that they've done or said something that has an impact on another. Yeah, absolutely. And this could look like a lot of different way, a lot of different things. It could be as simple as saying, I would actually probably recommend doing this on neutral ground if you go maybe for a coffee or go to lunch together or something like that to get them outside of the office because uh, people may not be willing to open up, especially if it's in a, in a setting where, you know, clearly somebody has the authority position. Right. Um, But I like to do it in my employees offices so they can sit at their desks and I, they're kind of looking across at me. Um, I've always found that to be helpful. Yeah. It gives them a, it's, it's their environment. It's their comfort. They know where their stuff is, right? I'm the guest. I've been invited in. It just sets the stage. If, if you can do that, most, you know, many offices don't have employees don't have offices. They've got cubes. You can't do that there. Right. Yeah. And you don't want to, you don't want to have those conversations in earshot of others. Right. Um, it also gives, you know, the, the good, you know, just one final thing on that, thinking on that if you do it outside of the office obviously you have to be careful with you know situations um but also if that leads to emotional expressiveness like if an employee starts to cry or gets physically upset or anything like that 
it allows them to, you say as the supervisor, take the rest of the day off, you know, go home. That way they don't have to run out of the office crying or anything like that. It just prevents their embarrassment or perceived embarrassment in front of other employees too. And I think the, I think the, 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 the key point is that you need to make it safe yeah. for that employee yeah. to express, express that. Correct. Um, because if you don't make it safe, during that interaction, it's going to be a lot harder for them to feel safe yeah. in future interactions. And anybody else. Yeah. that's You can't set a bad standard of precedent. So. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, very key in, in leadership development, uh, helping develop character and emotional intelligence. Yes. And I think uh, we could go on and on about that, yeah. but let's go ahead and call it here. And next week we're going to pick or <laughs> excuse me, in two weeks we're going to pick it up with the skill, knowledge, and physical. Yeah, the hard skills. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the LeaderLink Podcast. If you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we want to know what you want to hear about when it comes to leadership. You can leave us a comment or send an email to info at jcleadershipconsulting.com. And we'll see you next time.